delivering high-quality, technology-centric podcasts around the world. This is MunchTech.tv, taking a bite out of technology. Hello and welcome to episode 500 of the Two Tackies for Saturday, March 21st, 2020. This is, of course, the show where we talk about the week's most notable technology stories in around an hour or less with Aaron Fisher and myself, Jimmy Bunting. Come together once a week, at this rate once a month, <clears throat> to discuss, debate, converse, scrutinise and explore the world of technology. This week, the part, the crucial part, the technology plays during a global pandemic... Apple push, push on during uncertain times. You're very welcome to what is a milestone episode for the show, episode 500. 500. It was only a few weeks ago we celebrated 10 years of doing the show, and within 10 years we've produced 500, well, just under 500, I guess, in 10 years, but just around that time we've hit now 500 episodes of the show, which is around 500 hours, give or take a little bit in or there. If you've listened to all 500, you deserve a medal, thank you, um, we, we, yeah, sorry, I guess, 500 hours of us, I guess, 500 hours of Aaron, but I'm trying to be kind, whoa, (laughs) technically it's 250 hours of you, Aaron, and 250 of me, if we get equal airtime, right? Sounds more reasonable. (laughs) Um, So yes, very huge thank you to each and every one of you who choose to join us, whether that's every week, whether it's every few episodes or whenever it is, we really appreciate you doing so and being part of the show. I say every week, couldn't have been every week for the last few weeks because this is, we're ashamed to say, the first episode of March for a number of reasons and collisions. Um, first and foremost, the what would have been the first episode in March, the last one was the 29th of February, the 7th was a terrible news week, a really terrible news week, due to the fact that obviously the world is going through a global pandemic right now, COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to refer to it. Very serious, and um, what has turned out to be a very serious pandemic, which I guess a lot of the population, including myself, and I'm not sure about you, Aaron, but underestimated at the start, didn't yep. realise the severity. Now we're, we're playing catch up, we've realised, oh dear, this is a problem, so... Um, the tech world at that point kind of went to a halt. Understandably, everything has everything. It's it's weird. It's so strange because we've I you and and most people today have never went through something quite this different, strange, this this disturbing. Um, not disturbing. That's not the word. Um, disruptive would be the, the main keyword. Disruptive to everything: global infrastructures, networks, companies, everything. And no one quite quite knows how to respond to it because it's never happened before there's no previous case examples case studies what we did before this is all unknown territory it's a very weird time 100 percent and so the, the tech world has been very quiet because nearly every single tech event has been cancelled, has has been postponed. And so we we always say high technology is an ever-growing platform, and it is. And that's why we have been able to make 500 consistent episodes of this show week in, week out, delivering technology news and developments. But when something like this happens, unfortunately, you're, you're faced with a different scenario. But we're going to fight through it, we're going to continue going, and we're going to continue producing episodes during this this crisis because obviously there is uh there is technology 
news coming through. It's just harder to find and maybe a bit more nitty gritty, but we'll we'll continue on. And even at that, we'll revert to um, discussing wider theories and topics through the show as as we're ne- required to do so, as as the news doesn't really flow through as, as, as often as it does. So essentially, there will not be any change to the show as a result. Uh, the, the stories just may be slightly different. But it's crazy because technology, as we said, I mean, Apple have taken a huge hit. Share price um, is 228, I think, on the close yesterday on Friday or 229. Either way, they're down significantly from what they were in the last six months, um, at least year to date. Um, and even in the last year, I guess, I mean, I think they took a, a swoop in May, June time, but then they, they went up on it. And um, they're at the lowest they've been from probably about October last year. And they did very well coming into 2020 from the last quarter of last year up until January. But unfortunately, they've lost a lot of that due to this, obviously being one of the reasons, and other extenuating circumstances. But every tech company has had that same hit. Microsoft, they're down significantly over the last six months. They're sitting at 137, which is pretty much where they were at June last year. They did go up. They went up again towards the end of last year, the start of this year. They're back down again. But they will return. Companies will return. Um, it's it's Whatever this is, for however long it lasts, we will get past it. We will manage to recover from it albeit potentially not at the pace we would like but it will happen in terms of covid19 um and, and coronavirus we're getting a lot of stats we're getting a lot of news and i it's it, it's hard because technology is playing a fantastic part in it but it's also playing a really bad part in it too because false information um sensationalism scaremongering that type of activity is still going on sadly and it is making the situation worse so i guess just from a, a common sense point of view just remember to to get your news and your your facts and information from more than one source for a start but also re- respected and trustworthy reliable sources as well because there are a lot of unscrutinous uh, companies out there reporting things that just aren't true aren't correct and on top of that there are companies who are taking advantage of this fact are putting coronavirus into their scams i've heard ones from banks saying that they're going under because of coronavirus and so you must transfer your money to this bank to hold your money immediately you must do it now this is a phone call coming through bs is what that is we're hearing other ones about um how other businesses are going down it's just it's 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 crazy because when something like this happens the good people come together and work together and it all happens and then the, the bad ones see an exploitation area and and just go for it it's it's just disgusting um so I guess from our point of view as a technology show, that's one to be mindful of and one to remind people of. Do not let this vulnerable time and situation confuse those who may not be aware. Um, so maybe one to, to be aware of. What is nice, and I guess put some positive news, if you look in the numbers at the minute as we stand, there's over 315,000 cases. Sadly, there has been 13,000 deaths. Um, on, a, on a better note, 95,000 have recovered. So there are positives to take from this. And we, as a nation, we, we just need to be mindful and follow advice and as i say i'm not one for sensationalism or jumping on bandwagons for the sake of it but but the response to this pandemic and phenomena worldwide which has affected about every single one of us in some way shape or form over the last few weeks and i I speak about a small minority here but it just reaffirms how underdeveloped and selfish we truly can be and are as a race of people if folk would just realize that the correct response to this is simply follow government advice follow health service advice use common sense rather than creating made-up agendas then the issues would become far more focused and direct and would become easier contained not easily but easier inadvertently the actions of a small minority are making this nothing but worse um but that's too simple for us isn't it that that, i mean you you walk into a shop aaron and the shelves are empty (laughs) so the response to this is 
buying a mass of products in a quantity we will never need and stockpiling an unwarranted fear of a shortage which has never once been a concern from suppliers or the retailers. Running out of commodities, supposedly, we're not, or at least we weren't, before idiots decided that they needed an unprecedented amount of them. And the irony in all of this is that the very people we're meant to be protecting and taking these preventative measures for, i.e. those who are vulnerable in this situation, underlying health conditions, elderly, people who um, have weakened immune systems or haven't responded well to other medical things in the past, are being prevented from getting the albeit small amount of supplies they actually need to exist because we're too greedy and selfish and too self-concerned to realise it. The next laughable part, the health service, like, oh, don't, don't wear masks because they're not really effective unless they're ventilated and XYZ and, and the ones you're buying are the ones our staff need to keep them safe. They do very little to prevent the spread of the disease in the context that normal people are wearing them. What do we do? Ah, continue to buy them and wear them because we know best. We're going through something that w- w- no one in our lifetime has experienced before. Certainly, for some, it's going to be very overwhelming and it brings a lot of uncertainty with it. But this response from, as I say, a small minority, does nothing. It does very little, absolutely zilch, to make this situation in any way, shape or form better. We're so self-obsessed, the problem then becomes focused around the self-conflicted issues rather than the ones that are a problem. The strains on the national health service, uh, national health systems in place, the systems infrastructures that do actually need to be, you know, worked on and focused on. It's really laughable. It goes a long way in showing how unprepared, selfish, self-absorbed, animalistic, ignorant we can all be as a human race. People went through so much more years ago during world wars and pandemics and and responded in, in so lesser ways to than what we are as a as a na- nation and they coped just fine they coped just fine and i do question aaron and and, and correct me if I'm wrong but i think technology has a, a negative part to play as well it's just the uh it's been like a i mean you alluded to it slightly it's been a crazy spread of false information um you're right we've never seen something like this before we've seen close to it or um you know probably less i think on a on a global scale but mm. it's that sheer speed that information can spread right or wrong whatever it is you know people are just like seem to be beholden to what they read on facebook um which causes so much scaremongering um you know this is uh, this is already an anxious time yeah. we, what we don't need is is people making it worse you know i went down to the supermarket the other day um just to uh just to grab one or two things not panic buying anything you know just just the normal things you buy it's funny it's, it's got to the point where you genuinely need a bottle of milk but yet you feel like everyone's judging you when you go to pick it up um like i just need the one don't worry <laughs> but no milk no bread no nothing like complete aisles that would be traditionally full it says a lot about what people buy as well there's some like random things that are still like fully there um yeah. but yeah just it looks i don't know it looks like there's a blizzard winter storm coming judging by the uh supermarket it's absolutely crazy i've never seen anything like it. i feel sorry for the poor workers there i feel sorry for workers across retail at the moment so many retail stores um, or I guess so many are still open. Um, it seems to be uh, a select few that have actually taken, I think, what is quickly becoming the right idea um, in closing. Apple were very early in closing their stores. We've seen a number of companies follow suit. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how many companies can actually reopen their stores. Um, we know this is a very trying time for, for businesses around the world. Different governments are doing different things. We know the UK has stepped in to say that they're going to they're gonna help pay wages. 
years, um, which I think is like the first time in British history that's ever happened, um, which just shows you how much, how seriously we should be taking something like this mm. and how much of a crazy time it is. But I think the part to take away, this is global. Everyone is affected by it and it will pass. Yeah. We'll get past it. Regardless of the, the steps we're taking now, um, it, it, it will pass and we will this will be a, a memory at, at one stage and that's the important point to take away panic uncertainty worry it's not going to help the situation right now just be aware <laughs> they're on it those who are required to be on it are on it so relax take the opportunity and take something good from it um if if you're working from home build that into your routine if you are not working from home if you're not able to work because your, your business is shut down use this time to, to positively use it to do that project you've always wanted to do or use it to to build upon something that you left a while ago that you didn't have time to do because the world never stopped because now to some extent the world has stopped and to some extent i don't mean again not sensationalism but you know there, there is downtime now for some people who don't normally have that downtime use it to the best of your ability take a positive from this negative because otherwise you know there's there's nothing else to gain from it so stay safe be safe don't believe everything you read online and just know this is not forever at all by any means we said it's episode 500 the significant significance of 500 aaron you'll like this one 500 is the number that many nascar races often use at the end of their race names i.e the daytona 500 to denote the length of the race either in miles kilometers or laps did you know that weirdly as a big fan of nascar yes i did (laughs) you did (laughs) it's the longest advertised distance in miles of the IndyCar series and its premier race, Indianapolis 500. Uh, what else have we got here? It's the name of two different card games. You should know this as well, Aaron. What's it the HTTP status code for? Uh, everything is screwed. Which is the... In- internal server error. Ah, yes. There we go. You do know it. You, you do know but it. But it's, uh, it's the international sign of, you broke something. <laughs> Um, SMTP status code f- meaning what? Ooh, God knows. Not an email person. <laughs> Syntax error has occurred due to an unrecognized command. Um, it's also, and this is interesting, I didn't know this, monkey is a slang term for £500 or $500. You don't have a monkey, Aaron, do you? Give us I a monkey. don't. That sounds super questionable. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to go to quick news before anyone asks any questions. Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates is stepping down from the company's board to spend more time on philanthropic activities. He says he wants to focus on global health and development, education and tackling climate change. One of the world's richest men, Mr. Gates, who is 64, has also left the board of Warren Buffett's massive holding company, Berkshire Hathaway. Mr. Gates stepped down from his day-to-day role running Microsoft back in 2008. Announcing his latest move, Mr. Gates said the company would always be an important part of my life's work and he would continue to be engaged with its leadership. BT says its broadband infrastructure has plenty of headroom to cope with increased demand as more people stay home due to coronavirus. The company said that since Tuesday, data use in its network had increased between 35 and 60%. On Thursday, Netflix said it would lower the picture quality of movies in Europe to reduce data use, but BT said daytime and evening usage was still much lower than the highest levels it had ever recorded. In a statement, BT said the additional load is well within manageable limits, and we have plenty of headroom for it to grow still. Further, the highest rate of traffic BT has ever seen in its network is 17.5 terabits per second on an evening where there was high demand for video game downloads and streaming football. Long-standing mobile phone retailer Carphone Warehouse has announced that it will close all 531 of its standalone stores on British High Streets next month, with around 60% of staff, 2,900, set to lose their jobs. 
As part of the same company that owns Curry's PC World, Carphone Warehouse has 350 mini shops inside 305 of those stores. These will not be affected by these changes. The standalone stores will close on April 3rd. The move is not related to the coronavirus outbreak, but rather the result of the changing mobile market, according to the firm. And finally, tuners will no longer make people brick or apparently deactivate their smart speakers in order to take advantage of a discount upgrade offer. In 2019, the company launched a trade-up scheme that offered existing owners 30% off the cost of a new speaker. But owners had to activate recycle mode on their existing Sonos speaker, making it permanently unusable, even if there was nothing wrong with it. Sonos said it had now removed the requirement from its scheme. Activating recycle mode starts an irreversible process that wipes personal data from the device, but also stops the internet-connected speaker working. The company was criticized heavily for encouraging people to disable speakers that had absolutely nothing wrong with them. If you haven't already, and I think we said it on a recent episode as well, but inside Bill Gates' brain on Netflix, if you want to watch a series which just makes you go, whoa, what a person, what a man, what a pioneer, watch that program. Because Bill Gates has every possibility to basically walk away from everything and enjoy his life and retirement with every penny or dollar dime he has made and forget everything. But he doesn't. He actually, he made, I don't know, one of the most recognizable companies in the world and one responsible for pretty much every device we use today in some shape but that wasn't enough for him no he, he had to once he'd done that once he'd done everything he wanted to do there and retired from that he stayed on the board but he moved on and and, and focused on his projects through the bill and melinda gates pro, um, foundation making absolute phenomenally huge phenomenal and huge contributions to undeveloped worlds in sanitization in global vaccination schemes in fighting infectious diseases worldwide and i include coronavirus in that he's donated a um, significant amount of money to the research and development projects for coronavirus thus far just someone who will leave you all inspired motivated and just i think the world needs more people like bill gates so to see that he has stood down from the microsoft board that's i can see you know he's, he's, he's done a lot of at Microsoft, Microsoft, and after leaving in what 2008 as the CEO, Steve Ballmer took over. He continued to play a significant role on their board. I guess he feels his time there is now up. Um, still, you know, his baby is company, but he wants to focus more on on problems which he feels he can contribute to. But what an intelligent person! Just crazy, and he's one of the world's richest men. But he puts his riches to good use, and that's that's an inspirational. So if if you're ever stuck for something to watch, I would highly recommend it. BT, they're not worried about coronavirus in terms of their network capacity which is great because what the world really doesn't need is a, a network bottleneck when obviously it's the infrastructure that we've built in terms of a network that is supporting a lot of work from home schemes and a lot of companies staying open through online infrastructures and work from home schemes guess in a way it also does bring into question vpn usage and um, encryption of data because people are now working from home they may be dealing with sensitive protected information from home there obviously needs to be a focus on that aaron i'm sure right I uh, imagine the number of IT teams that have had to scramble to open up networks and servers all of a sudden probably has 
dastardly so to uh, allow people to work from home this week has been crazy. I do not envy being an IT team. I'm lucky to work in an industry, work in a business that's already very online focused. So essentially the only difference is the chair I sit in all day. It kind of feels like nothing else changed. Um, but I know there are lots of businesses where obviously traditional office jobs that say, you know, big corporate firms, lawyers, that type of thing, all the information you access, as you say, very sensitive, uh, often kept uh, within the four walls of the office on a server that cannot be accessed outside, maybe, 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 maybe just maybe via a VPN at the very best. Um, but that either that's, you know, they've got to work around that this week or they've had to, you know, been forced to change. Um, it'd be interesting to hear. I imagine we're going to hear more and more stories come out about that. The whole working from home thing is, I think there's going to be a lot of companies that, that as a flip side to this, kind of quickly realize just how much of the job can actually be done remotely. Um, I mm. know that for a fact, you know, programming, web development, all those kind of jobs. We've been saying for years, you know, you could do this. You can do this anyway. You can do it at a coffee shop, um, laying on your bed, at your desk, at your dining room table, literally wherever you can do this this type of job you just need a text editor and an access or an access to the internet uh an internet connection sorry um i appreciate there are a huge number of jobs that aren't office based that aren't computer based that you know will be seriously struggling during this time but i think for those jobs that can be done remotely it's a wake-up call to companies that maybe it changes things for the future um maybe some jobs don't go back to being full-time office based um it will be really interesting to see how it goes but yeah i can imagine the strain on on home internet is uh is pretty crazy at the moment probably less so from people just working at home um because those people are going to use the internet at the office or at home um but i imagine the sheer amount of video content and video games and things that are being downloaded is just you know insane mm. i guess what i what i was meant to be at this week could not be completed from home because i was meant to be in Hereth and spain um but sadly not but sure safety first uh that's that's what happens um car from warehouse owned by dixon carphone is not that what they were rebranded to Ooh, i couldn't tell you i just know they have a huge tie-in with pc world yes dixon carphone because remember when the, the rename came out it was like well, well what is that name dixon's carphone what did um, you never did, did i never did you never have uh dixon's stores in where you are oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah i did but it was just the name just didn't ring true to you know it was like oh, it's a bit random um well not random but a bit of a mishmash or <laughs> so Someone just couldn't be creative enough to think of a new company name, so they just merged the two, which didn't really sound quite it's like right. But Curry's and PC World. It's like, what are we going to call it? I know, Curry's PC World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, spending more time. Genius. On things. Pay him lots of money. <laughs> Pretty much. So sad. It's never good to see stores close at all. Five hundred and thirty-one of their standalone stores will close next month. That's sixty percent of their staff. Two thousand nine hundred staff members. Crazy. Absolutely crazy numbers coming through. We knew that weren't doing well for quite some time. Doesn't come as an absolute shock but the, the knock-on effect is never good job losses i think that's probably one of the saving graces to come from this is it is in air quotes only the standalone stores mm. um i did read something today i think that said they believe they're gonna be able to redeploy a good number of the staff obviously not everyone um yeah. you know still thousands of people gonna lose their jobs but not everyone um if we're gonna pull any kind of silver lining out of this then i i think that has to be it um car 
Alphaphone Warehouse, it's a weird, I don't know, it's been in a weird position for a little while. It, it, it's amazing they got to 2020. Obviously, so many uh, phone manufacturers, even carriers now, moving sales online. Um, Apple will sell you a phone directly. I believe Samsung will fo- sell you a phone directly. Google will, you know, so many of these companies will. Um, carriers will often sell directly to you again online. Um, so even if you don't buy through the manufacturer, your next step is normally to buy through the carrier. Carphone Warehouse, kind of, let's say, back in the day, used to have the advantage that they would get special deals. They would be able to offer you a better deal from the carrier or from the device manufacturer. Um, I think after manufacturers, after carriers really started to move move to direct the customer, it just kind of cut out the need for those special deals. And, and I, I think there isn't a point almost in going to Carphone anymore. Um, if you need work doing on your phone, you head directly to the manufacturer. Um, businesses really or manufacturers really did just cut everyone out. Um, I, I think if, if there wasn't a, a cell network to be provided, they'd be more than happy to cut the carrier out of most of it as well. Um, selling more and more unlocked phones, they're already clearly trying that. Um, phones used to be so heavily tied into the carrier. You used to buy a phone, it was locked to a carrier, which is still the case in some areas. But I don't know if you remember when the iPhone came out. In America, it was you could only buy it through AT&T. Um, in the UK, it was only through O2, um, which gives the carrier and probably the likes of Carphone Warehouse uh, a lot of leverage. Um, whereas nowadays everything is unlocked, you pretty much buy everything, you throw any SIM in it. Like, there's such a competition between between carriers now. Um, mm. It's just like I say, the fact that Carphone Warehouse have got this far is a little bit crazy to me. I think they're always well, they're going to live on for a little while longer within uh, within the likes of PC World. For those of you who don't know, PC World is uh, an electronics chain over here. Um, I don't know if they're across Europe. I believe it's just UK only. Uh, Curry's PC World. Curry's and PC World were two, I think, pretty sure they were two competing companies um, even during our lifetime. I always remember their stores used to be positioned like opposite each other in retail park um, and then they merged to become Curry's PC World. Uh, it's an eclectic mix when you walk into a PC World store. Honestly, it's like washing machines on your left, fridges on your left, TVs <laughs> on your right, computers on your right. There'll, there'll be that random car phone warehouse stand, you know, stuffed up a corner somewhere. It's it's an interesting uh, store to go. I know we've we've made fun of it many many times over the years, um, and I think Carphone Warehouse will live on for for some time in there, even as just a name. I, I don't know if it, it gets run as a separate entity or how that works. Um, it's basically just they sell the phones within PC World. I think that's as complicated as it gets now. But yeah. yeah. Electronics chains, you know, Amazon is running everyone out of business, aren't they? Um, I'm, I'm interested to see. It's, it's always busy in there. I don't know if everyone's using it as like an Amazon storefront. I, d- I, d- <laughs> I don't know how people are using it. before you buy. Yeah. I mean... I won't lie. I think we've all done that before. We've all gone to, to try something that you know that's like. Problem is, it's like sometimes it's like twenty or thirty percent cheaper on Amazon. Like I'm all for supporting local independence. PC World don't come under local independent. Um, you don't feel so bad about not supporting them sometimes, especially when the the price just the price is insane there. But hmm. um, yeah, they always seem busy. Carphone Warehouse always seems kind of busy as well, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, there's as you say, there's still the the need for the physical stores to try and and experience and compare and contrast devices so don't see them going anywhere anytime soon but as you say amazon certainly have taken the lead sonos must have been listening to the show it was all us this that 
we we rightfully protested against this smart speaker bricking activity, and we must have won. It was all us, Aaron? Right? Hundred five. Everything everything good that's ever happened in the tech world, you can thank us later. But anything bad wasn't us. No, blame someone else. <laughs> so this was ridiculous. This was complete asinine behavior from a company which just wanted to boost profits. Thankfully, they saw sense, but only because of the the, the negative connotations that came with it. And I I would assume they will not recover one hundred from that they will now be known as the company that just don't really care in a way it's interesting um i know when we were talking about it you know big fans of sonos big mm. big praise going brilliant, their way like it, yeah it, it's it's so tricky to kind of i don't know complain about it so much we're like well the products are great but yeah it, they they operate in a market where longevity is key products lasting you know speakers last a lifetime type thing but um, that doesn't work for their wallet for their profit figure exactly. so what they decided was to take advantage of an oem and proprietary system which they had built up and have the ability to just basically break the devices off a, a confirmation from the user i know it did make a lot of people kind of around the tech community feel a little more techy obviously sonus works really well because i think i I don't think high-end audio files are probably going after it but people who know their stuff use sonos and people who don't know their stuff also use sonos like sonos meets so many people's needs yeah um if you want something that's an upgrade from a from an amazon speaker then i think like a sonos one is the next logical step both in, in in price and quality i know there are probably lots of audio files you know who are crying out against crimes of the sonar sound or whatever they want to say um which is fair enough but i think you know you just got to appreciate that not some people just want simplicity which is something sonus have always done really well um most people i think unless you read the tech news or the tech news section of the newspaper or whatever i don't know how you get your news in the common world now i mean this coronavirus world um most people won't have known this was even a thing most people will continue to use their sonos because it works well in the house or whatever and it will have just been fine us in the tech community obviously everyone kicked off a big fuss as we usually do um a lot of people i think kind of reevaluated. evaluated we've we've spoken about this many times when it comes to proprietary stuff proprietary speakers you know equipment you know going beyond speakers here but in anything proprietary um it kind of primarily i guess applies to the internet of things pretty well at the moment proprietary anything is always a dangerous game to play um it's a dangerous game as a consumer because if the company pulls the plug pulls the support whatever it is stops making updates stops making security updates you're totally at the mercy of said company um in this case you're totally at the mercy of sonos supplying updates uh, supplying new features security updates whatever it is in the future Whereas if you had a normal hi-fi, well, a hi-fi gets flashed with the firmware probably once at the factory and then 30 years later is still going. Um, The advantage of not being connected to the internet, I guess. Um, I think it made a lot of people kind of step back and realize that even beyond speakers, this is an interesting, I think... uh, problem i guess we're going to be facing more and more this is not the last we'll hear of this it's definitely not the first it definitely won't be the last that we'll hear of this kind of problem not necessarily from sonos i think it's safe to say they probably learned the lesson there um the weird thing is i think sonos announced a bunch of new features and new products like several weeks after it just all kind of came as like this weird timing thing if they'd announced this and the new products and features and whatnot with an explanation of this is why we have to uh to stop supporting all the devices i think people would have been not happy but maybe more understanding but i think they just they screwed up in so many different ways like it was just a pr 
you know, if you wanted to write a book on how not to do it, I think Sonos over that month span were, were the perfect yeah. company. Um, yeah. You know, they had nothing to show. They were just like, well, we're ending support with, with nothing to go, this is why we're ending support. That didn't come for, you know, four weeks, five weeks later or something. Like, just so odd. Um, they learned a lesson there. I don't think the industry's learned a lesson because, like I say, I think we're going to see this more and more, more and more proprietary tech and hardware will go this way. You know, 10 years, what's the Echo? What's the Amazon speaker kind of ecosystem looking like? Doing pretty well at the moment, but, you know, Sonos went, I think, 10 years for uh, canning support for some of their devices. So, yeah, it, 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 uh, it's an, in, the Internet of Things is uh, has many upsides and also many downsides. Speaking of downsides and upsides, technology and the role it's playing, particularly in this pandemic we're going through, the minute, but also in a, just a, a broader scale of a global pandemic in times of uncertainty. What can technology do, both for good and for bad? And there are multiple stories coming out from many people in different sectors, either praising or not praising technology for the role it's playing at the minute. I mean, during the week, Elon Musk, very influential. I think he was quoted as saying that children basically have an immunity to COVID-19. That is not true, according to all scientists who have responded to it. And so what you see is someone who's very influential having an influence on something that's just completely incorrect, completely wrong. One of the many examples of how technology can worsen a situation, false information on a global scale, but it can also do good. And seeing as that we've had a lot of negative news recently, I'd rather focus on the good than it does the bad. Um, so in one case that one artist in particular is saying that she can't tour Europe, she's touring social media instead. Aaron? We've seen a uh, quite a few musical artists have done this, I think, over the past week or two. I think um, Chris Martin did a, an Instagram live thing, which is pretty cool, Coldplay. Um, I think Youngblood also, he streamed his on YouTube, I believe. Um, it's happening more and more. More and more stuff is getting cancelled for obvious reasons. So many musical artists have been, I guess, put out of work for the uh, for the foreseeable future at this point, you know, at least for the next probably three, four months until everything can get back on its feet and rescheduled. Um, and we know a lot of artists in the days of streaming, this is where they make their money. Tour is where they can still make uh, make their make their ends meet um, and that being kind of taken away from them for so many people at the last minute um, I think they're left with uh, no other opportunity but to, to promote their stuff on the internet I think a lot of artists are doing it uh, because stuff's been cancelled I know a lot of artists are doing it um, uh, to kind of give n- not people a sign of hope but you know what I mean like it's something for people to look forward to or, or to, to take their mind off of reading the depressing news at the moment um, it's been fantastic to see I've seen so many every time I go on Instagram Instagram. It's like across the top, I see so many of the the artists um, or, or celebrities that I follow um, that are live in some aspect. Maybe it's putting on a show, maybe it's a Q&A, whatever it is. Um, it's interesting coming from the, or being a big fan of the motorsport world, um, basically every sport under the, the sun's got cancelled, but motorsport's been cancelled like in Formula 1, like six or seven of the races I think uh, have been have been postponed or, or even cancelled at this rate. You know, Monaco is not happening at all this year. It's like a heard of in Formula One. Um, and a lot of the racing drivers basically got together and have been organizing uh, sim racing. Um, like iRacing's absolutely exploded out of this um, because the likes of uh, current Formula One drivers like Lando Norris and Max Verstappen are just going on Twitch. You know, last Sunday they had not the Oz GP. The Australian GP is meant to be the first Grand Prix on the calendar.
calendar, but was cancelled last minute. So an esports team basically arranged a bunch of pro racing drivers, you know, real life F1 drivers, real life racing drivers, a bunch of pro uh, sim racing drivers, basically all into one lobby. And it's like, have fun on, you know, F1 2019, the game for an hour. So it's just so cool to see. Like, it was surreal to see, you know, these absolute, I guess what we see is like mega sports stars, you know, just playing with, you know, Codemasters Formula One game. Um, and he was the most viewed person on Twitch last Sunday, I think, which is saying something. Um, I just think it's good to see so many celebrities, I think, using their, uh, not power is the wrong word, using their reach for good and, uh, you know, still giving people entertainment um, and whatnot, whether it be musically or watching people play video games or whatever it is. 100%. And that's the thing, this interconnectivity with a, a network and a global infrastructure, this is vital in this time. This is something that we wouldn't have ever had before the invention of the internet and the World Wide Web. So it proves its worth in so many ways. The phenomenal thing is the infrastructure is there to support this increase just as well. Uh, you know, with BT and other aspects, being able to take the load. Could you imagine the mass carnage if they weren't able to support the increased usage? I mean, through the week, I think a few phone carriers were having problems with phone calls due to more people using their mobile phones from home to make work-related calls. I think that's since resolved itself. It's great. It's really it cool. Be- and I think it's important to focus on the, the, the positives which technology is bringing out of this rather than the negatives. There are negatives, but it's because of it's more so because of the human input. You know, it, it's going to give out whatever the human puts into it. So if the human's spreading things through it, it's you know, and and that's the important part to take away. I think it'll it, it'll be interesting to see how a few things go. Um, we already know Apple have moved WWDC to be online. They didn't cancel it outright. It's going to be an online show. Um, a few other events went like that. Um, it was an interesting, I think, past two weeks. You know, the Glastonbury lineup, the big music festival in the UK was announced and then like three or four days later it was then I think cancelled I can't remember if it was cancelled or postponed um, but we'll just say cancelled for now you know Radio 1's big weekend was cancelled um, South by Southwest was cancelled like so many of these big events it'll be interesting to see like Glastonbury you know so much of that could be online you know artists could stay in their respective countries and you know put a show on online I you know appreciate it still involves getting people together and you know which may derail the whole operation it's like we forget that i guess this entire virus does revolve around everyone needs to stay separated essentially or at least groups of people but um yeah it's interesting um but it's been great to see kind of stripped back you know music i guess again live Mm. apple this week has announced its first mobile device to feature laser scanning technology which the firm says will aid augmented reality apps the ipad pro's lidar scanner will allow the shape and location of objects in a room to be detected this would mean graphics and real world views can be mixed together more accurately than ever before so apple have released a new product this week for a start two Two, three two three three two no two two i okay now i'm confused (laughs) big news much um i was going to say the uh, macbook and the ipad pro but what what have you got and the uh keyboard with the trackpad don't forget about that and the new mac mini they did they did did change the uh, baseline mac mini i think Again, fair point well made. Also, can we just, you know, everyone's talking about it. Keyboard with a trackpad. Thoughts? Mm, For an not iPad. Necessary. Not necessary, but ridiculous. Bearing in mind, 13.4, iOS 13.4 that comes out on Tuesday, adds full-blown, like, mouse and trackpad support to the iPad. Go back two years and tell me that was going to be a thing, and I would have called you absolutely crazy. Yeah, because it just means the iPad's not a laptop, doesn't it? The, the iPad has a cursor. I mean, it doesn't look it's, like it's a, a laptop mouse cursor, but... It's a laptop. Just, the odd thing is, as well, Apple um, kind of, hit, I guess, fixed something we've all been complaining about for some time, 
the, the MacBook Air is back to $999. Um, it's got the unbroken keyboard in it. Um, they upped the storage, the memory. It can it can come with a quad core chip again. Like they actually they made the MacBook Air great again. Um, starting in a thousand dollars, you know, still a lot of money. But let's appreciate the fact that the iPad Pro I think starts at eight hundred, and then I believe the case with the trackpad is another three hundred, three fifty, something like that. Um, so basically, you can buy a thousand dollar iPad and trackpad, or you can buy a thousand dollar MacBook, and they'll do. I guess the MacBook will technically do more. Um, you know, if you want a pencil, that's an, you know, it's another cost on top of the iPad. I appreciate the fact the iPod, co- the the iPad. Bloody, I've been watching too many iPod videos this week. Um, the iPad cost will come down eventually. Um, you know, new tech always costs a lot of money. The iPad Pro is still kind of overpriced in my eyes. Um, it's a really, really, really good bit of kit. It looks really, really nice. I don't think it's eight hundred dollars nice, especially when you can go pick up a, you know, was it the ten point two or ten point five inch iPad? Is like three hundred quid or something like that. It's two nine nine or three nine nine. Like it, it's a lot cheaper for for not a whole le- lot less device. Um, I know every tech YouTuber under the sun will try and tell me the fifteen thousand reasons why I need a laminated display or Apple Pencil two support or something. But to me, I just don't see that extra four or five hundred dollars worth of value in the iPad Pro, especially as the cheap iPads come with the smart connector as well. Now um, they'll also get iOS thirteen point four, which means you can hook up a magic trackpad or a magic mouse to it and get the same support, um, which I think is good. Um, I just it kind of dilutes the pro slightly. I guess it's very interesting, is what it is. Um, just a quick note on pricing structure. Actually, we've been complaining about for a long while that put it on the list of things we complain about. Um, <laughs> Apple pricing, I guess tech pricing will buy, but we'll highlight Apple here. If something costs, let's say, $199, it got to the point where in the UK it would be £199. I was looking at some new stuff. Like uh, They also announced the new Power Beats, which are the headphones this week. And they were $149, I think, on the US website. Switched to the UK website, fully expecting them to be £149. And to my surprise, they're actually £129. Um, and I saw that across a few of a few things. Um, I actually didn't think. I, I thought when the pound got kind of strong again, because we know the pound has, has had an, as a decent six months, let's say, mm. um, I didn't think companies would actually go back on pricing. But it turns out maybe they actually will, um, which is uh, which has been a little bit of a surprise, I say. I hear Tess agrees with what you've been saying. She does. Our dog is a, a big fan of Apple's new pricing structure. <laughs> What's her views on the trackpad for the iPad? Oh, I think the it's, thing uh, is, some... yeah, going back to that, because to me, that's the, this iPad's the biggest release out of everything. Um, and then, as you say, the keyboard that. It just does a it's a it's a one eighty in what the iPad was meant to be, and I get the point. The iPad is becoming more ubiquitous in more sectors and more popular with more people, but it's meant to be a touch device. I think it's tricky because one hundred percent with you. I think with the way everything is priced at the moment, I think unless you're like a devout iPad fan, unless you're like Federico Vitici of Mac Stories, or you know, like an iPad is you know life. This would make sense. I think if you're anyone looking for a rational decision, I can't see a reason to pick an iPad over a MacBook Air unless the iPad has a camera, it has a LiDAR scanner now, which is super cool, by the way. Um, I, It has touch. It doesn't have to be a laptop, I guess, is the other side to it. It can be a, 
you know, watch it in bed media consumption device. A laptop can also do that. I, it, it's kind of tricky to find the difference at this point, yeah. um, which is weird. The iPad always felt like it was siloed very, you know, beholdenly in its own category. And we could very easily go, an iPad is for this, a MacBook is for this. Whereas now the iPad Pro is so good. You know, we're not trying to knock the iPad here. Like it does so much. It has you full-blown trackpad and mouse support now. Like it's a beefy thing now. It's probably faster than some Intel chips as well. Um, it's like really hard to draw the line between do you get an iPad? Do you get a MacBook Air? Um, obviously, if you want pencil support drawing, then it's a no-brainer. Um, I think yeah. anything else, it becomes a little more tricky. I think one thing that is interesting is this is obviously something that's coming out mid-iOS. Um, trackpad support is getting added in you know, 13.4. Was this something that was meant to happen a while ago? Is this something that was meant to happen in iOS 14? Like, what's going on here? Um, so much of the multitasking on iPad felt weird. Um, we spoke about it, I think, when they moved to an iOS 12 or 13, you know, the whole weird dock thing. Used to be able to use swipe out or swipe over from uh, the right-hand side. You'd get a list of every single app and you could drag it into split view, whereas now they got rid of that. Admittedly, the interface they chose for that was a little bit clunky, but I don't think the idea was too far off, whereas they went to the other extreme. Um, you basically swipe up from the bottom. You've got your six apps that are in your dock. And then if the app you're looking for is not in that dock, you have to do some weird song and dance. We have to quit the app, go open the app you want to be in split screen, close it, go back to the other app. Then it should be in the dock type. You know, it's like playing Twister with your iPad. Um, I believe trackpad and mouse support, they don't, I don't think they fix that app opening aspect, but they, they bring in like everything can be gesture controlled with multitasking. Um, you know, the keyboard gets a bunch of improvements. Like it, it very much feels like something that Apple wanted to have this ready some time ago. Maybe they had it ready with the butterfly keyboard and then everyone, you know, freaked out. They obviously changed the butterfly keyboard in the 16 inch MacBook Pro. Now the MacBook Air's got it as well. Um, Maybe it required a bit of a bit of re-engineering, but yeah, just interesting times. Um, I don't hate it. Um, I think it's a good product. I think it's an optional extra. You buy it if you like it. You don't buy it if you don't like it. It's really simple. Um, I know so many people will complain about it, like, oh, why does it exist? It's like, well, for the people who want it, they'll buy it. For the people who don't, don't. Yeah. Um, it, it really true. is. It really is as easy as that. Um, I think Apple, the iPad, is still one of the most interesting products Apple make now. But such a boring product if that makes sense mm, yeah like yeah. when you boil it down the ipad is a big video watcher for most people um but it's been super interesting to see when the pencil came along um with the, when the bigger pro came along it's been super interesting to see what people make of the ipad i love seeing the ipad pro out in public or not at the moment everyone stay at home um but traditionally back in the good old days i like seeing uh, the ipad pro you know you see people on on trains and whenever drawing and it's just really cool um, quite an expensive drawing tablet, but uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying what Apple are doing with the iPad. I'm enjoying, or I'm going to be super intrigued to see what iOS 14 brings. I think with such a big change, mid iOS 13 release might lead us to believe that iOS 14 might actually not be that big of a change. I know we've been, uh, or it's like every year it's, oh, iOS is going to get completely redesigned this year. And then after WWDC, it's like, no, 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 sorry. Next year is the year it gets redesigned. <laughs> Um, yeah. That's been every, every year for the past three years. Um, but yeah, I do, I, other than that, I think uh, 
I don't think there was a whole lot else. I know the Mac Mini, um, they upped the base storage, I think. I'm seeing it more SSD storage. That's something Apple seems to have been fixing a bit recently. Um, they interestingly didn't move it to the new CPUs. I believe the Mac Mini still comes with 8th generation Intel CPUs, I think. Uh, yeah, quad core 8th gen Intel Core i3 processor, um, base storage 256. Whereas if you go to the MacBook Air, which just got refreshed, 999 pounds you get, drumroll please, uh, 256 gigs of storage, but you get a 10th generation i3. It's weird that they, they've put the new tag against the Mac Mini, having only updated, or I believe only updated, its storage capacity. I'm glad to see Apple phasing out the uh, 128 gig um, in the Mac world. We've always laughed at them for charging so much money for so little storage. Um, I think, actually, that reminds me. With the iPad Pro now, I think it starts at uh, 11 inch. Yeah, 128 is now the base and the iPad Pro, I believe 64 was the base before this version. So Apple are up in the storage and everything, um, which is kind of cool to see. Probably an indication for the next iPhone. I still can't believe you can get a one terabyte iPad Pro. Crazy, isn't it? I mean... What, you asked for a drum roll? <laughs> Touché. <laughs> to be fair, one terabyte as well, considering Apple normally charge you, like, if you want anything upgraded, RAM storage, whatever it is, like, you know, slap another zero on the end of it is normally the yeah. way to go. Um, 128 gig, 769. One terabyte is 1269. Like, it's a lot of money, but I fully expected that to be, like, 1999 or something like that. They, yeah, compared to what they charged for less before. Yeah, they've, they've kind of restated it, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, Apple's pricing is, it's getting better. Um, kind of annoyed they didn't fix the 13-inch MacBook Pro. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so, like, the out of your three laptops, two of them have the new keyboard, and then one of them, which is probably your bestseller, maybe up until the fact that they dropped the price of the MacBook Air. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's getting better. To, to respond to what you said because it, it, it couldn't get any worse because Touché. it would not because people would just wouldn't buy the products I mean a 16 so inch kind of realized that a 16 inch pro what's that uh, starts at wow 2400 pounds that's a lot I mean decent specs 13 inch starts at you know yeah Apple are kind of fixed do you remember we always made fun of them because like the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro were the same price and, yep. it, and then when they had the MacBook it was the same price as well it's like yeah, really yeah. confusing it's yeah. now it's it's 999 pounds for the MacBook Air it's £1,300 for the MacBook Pro 13-inch or 24 for the 16-inch. Like, they've put the divide back in. Again, um, they were listening to us. They knew. They, exactly. they heard our complaints. It's all thanks to us. So if we could just make everything way cheaper, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. um, t- t- Single digits would be great. Yeah. Double. Mm, well, I'm, ex- I'm excited for, I don't know when it's coming. I don't know if it's coming, but I'm excited for whatever the next iMac refresh looks like. I hope they fix some of the specs. I still can't believe when you buy a 27 inch, you still get a fusion drive. Oof. Yeah. Um. Again, they're all still 8th gen chips. Weirdly, though, like the top end 27 inch, not the pro, but the top end normal 27 inch is a 9th gen chip. I don't understand what's going on there. Um. If you buy the 21 and a half, 
inch, the base is a seventh gen. It's all a bit all over the place, to be honest. Um, it is, and, but I think seeing what they've done with the laptop range is what they will hopefully then portray onto the desktop range because they realize that they did actually, oh, we were out of character here, which they were for some time with all of their lineup, and they're trying to regain each product's individual identity, which is great. They because need, for some time I was confused. I didn't understand. They need to update the, for that. They need to update the iMac Pro as well. I, I appreciate the Mac Pro just came out, but the iMac Pro is what, 2017 now? Yeah. It's yeah. two going on three years old-ish, depending on when you actually got it. Um, Like, it needs a spec bump. If you know, We've always said that with Pro devices. It's like, Apple can walk the, or they can talk the talk, but can they actually walk the walk when it comes to these new Pro devices? And the unique thing about the iMac Pro is that it isn't modular. You can't swap out components easily com- comparatively to the, the Mac Pro. So they, they do. They need to stay on top of it. I, I mean, that's, that's such a weird thing with the iMac is like, it is modular if you unstick it and unglue the display model. Like, I believe it's got full-blown server-grade, you know, connectors for memory. I believe the CPU is socketed. Like, it's such a weird machine, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but it isn't. It is, but it isn't modular. That is a wrap for this week's episode. Thank you so much for choosing to join us, episode 500. And thank you so much for your support through this episode and the 499 episodes which has preceded as well. We really wouldn't do it without without you joining us each and every week. So thank you for that. For more episodes of the show, munchtech.tv for the ultimate guide to podcasting, munchtech.tv forward slash ultimate podcast guide. If you're listening on your mobile device, munchtech.tv forward slash mobile for our newsletter, munchtech.tv forward slash newsletter, and of course, our interview with Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, computing pioneer and engineering genius, munchtech.tv forward slash was. As always, and once again, thank you so much for listening. See you next week, same time, same place. Until then, stay safe, stay sensible, and have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.